0: This program is made possible by the members and donors to the show. For details, visit the membership tab at bestoftheleft.com. Now, welcome to the award-winning Best of the Left podcast with clips today from Throwing Shade, The David Pacman Show, Dan Savage, The Jimmy Dore Show, The Young Turks, The David Feldman Show, The Majority Report, and Counterspin. And a note to all health-conscious listeners, this show does recommend monthly self-examinations to screen for any empathy deficiencies.
1: Last week, everyone freaks out because this guy, Senator Rob Portman, who's a senator from Ohio, Republican. Also, what's so notable about him is he was Romney's basically like number two pick for VP after Paul Ryan. Tube. Yeah, that's right. He's be, be so stupid. So, Rob Portman, front lines of the Republican Party, big conservative dude, could have potentially been poop of the country.
2: Great. Number two. Number two. VP.
1: That's right. Last week he announced that he decided to support same-sex marriage because his son is gay. Great. Has his son
2: always been gay or did he just come out of the closet?
1: Um, I think he must have always been gay. And I don't think he just, I don't think he, like, just came out of the closet.
2: But Portman, like, woke up one night, like, movie style, like, (gasps) Yes. And he's like, I gotta, I gotta do the right thing.
1: Exactly. Now, in the same breath, he just sort of said, like, I can't, in good conscience, do this. My, you know, my son is a good person who deserves love, blah, blah, blah. He didn't, he actually did not even say it as eloquently as I just did.
2: By the way, too, can I say this? Because I did read this story, and I think it's fantastic. Part of politics is that you're not supposed to do personally what you feel right isn't that you're supposed to do stuff on behalf of your constituents i'm Um, not saying i'm not saying i disagree with him i'm saying that is a that is a fundamental problem with a lot of politics go ahead
1: right but anyway he also, in the same breath, said that... But I think that this is a good example of how the tide is turning, because I would say that most of his constituents of 61% of America is now in favor of gay marriage. I would also say... They do, say, yes. Yeah, or are turning. Also. Well, that's what I'm saying. Probably are making the same progress what he is. I'm
2: saying this on two levels. I'm saying, A... If he does indeed uh, represent a uh, a section of his state that does overwhelmingly support gay marriage, he should absolutely be for it. And vice versa for anybody who doesn't support it, whose constituents do.
1: Unless you are part of a sea change. And I think that that's what's happening. And maybe right. he could be leading it or he's in the middle of it. And well, maybe, they're trying to be
2: more inclusive anyway. Yes. They're doing a bad job, but they're trying.
1: Terrible. But at the same time, he also said that he wouldn't take a leadership role in the fight for marriage equality. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to be... He already on did. ...on the front line. Exactly. But he's basically saying, like, I'm not interested in serving on any committee. I don't want to do, you know, my tap dances, and I don't want to do my pirouettes and whatever. You know what I mean? Like All
2: the things that senators do.
1: Exa- exactly. So, um, he's not interested. He also voted for DOMA, to support DOMA, and he tried to ban adoption, gay adoption, in was Washington. D. C.
3: When... Before of which he all this? did not know okay. that his son was
1: born. So yes, before all this, what's interesting about this is uh, a couple things. One is that it really is amazing what can happen when you come out of the closet and who you can affect. And his son came out of the closet and completely changed his dad's mind about something, which is amazing. So it's
2: a, it's a. Di- I'm sure it's a difficult thing to do, and and if you're in like this is a real testament to the fact that it can that it can be rewarding in a way that you never thought of
1: Exactly and also like
2: I Ryan, think you should come out to the, to your clo- to your parents
1: That's a great idea Um but anyway so I I think yes what's what's interesting about this is like and same thing happened with Dick Cheney after his daughter came out of the closet and then he said but I But not can-
2: but not um not uh Bachman her, she has a, she has a, a close cousin, a, first oh, cousin right. who's very close to her.
1: And so does Newt Gingrich. And it didn't, yes, you're right. And it didn't change anything. And with wasn't that.
2: there another Republican senator this week whose son came I'm out about, of, to, yeah, I'm oh, getting into yeah. that. Oh, right yeah. Somebody now, guys. read a news. It's a fucking double
1: bitch. Uh, so anyway, on the flip side.
2: Flip it, don't script it. That's what you. they say.
1: A, a Republican congressman, Matt's, I don't know if it's Salmon or Salmon. It's S A L M O N.
2: It's definitely Salmon.
1: Okay. He's from Arizona. Gave an interview with Arizona 3 TV, which, if you're not watching that, then you might as well be dead. Never
2: trust odd-numbered stations.
1: Never. You're absolutely right. Well, his youngest son, Matt Jr., uh, Matty J is what I would call him. Paula, yes, said that uh, he does not uh he does not support gay marriage, even though his son is gay. He, this guy's a Mormon. He says, "quote it Oh, that's
2: fucking brave, a Mormon kid coming out of the closet." Uh, oh,
1: that's like something I can't even fat Like that's a total, totally different g- fucking culture to deal with. But he said, "It doesn't mean I don't have respect. It doesn't mean I don't sympathize with some of the issues. It means I haven't evolved sympathy." Yeah, thanks. The- thanks for feeling sorry because you are victims. Yeah, he said it doesn't mean I haven't evolved, and it doesn't mean I haven't evolved to that station. Rob Portman apparently has. I'm just not there, and believing in my heart.
2: So he hasn't evolved.
1: No, my son is one of the most important people in my life. I love him more than I can say. Um, okay, cool. I, I, I guess you're doing what you believe. I I, I will also say that. Uh,
2: Was did it, he did he do this to like reinforce that some republic most Republicans aren't. Okay with this issue because why even do this interview in the first At place? At all,
1: I know, and maybe I don't. I don't. Maybe the news. I don't know if the news outlet knew about his son. I so basically, this person also voted for Doma in nineteen ninety six, which is almost hard to blame anyone for doing that anymore, since like Clinton also essentially signed off mm-hmm. on it. Uh, he also tried to did the same thing that Rob Portman of banning gays and lesbians in D.C. from adopting kids, and is has really been anti gay. It's not even like no, I don't accept gay marriage. It's like he is. I mean, this is like you're
2: using your power to to stop people from having rights.
1: You're going above and beyond the call of shitty. Yeah. Basically, his wife also has done the same kind of shit. Sought to ban gay marriage, civil unions, all of this. And they kind still of
2: don't thing. want their kid to be able to get married. No,
1: they're very, very, very. Because they, they don't.
2: Uh, part of that quote was something about like, I don't want to um, redefine two thousand years of what society said, which it was something like that. And then when I read that, I was like. You fucking dumb motherfucker. Yeah. That is the exact reason you don't do things that we did two thousand years ago. Yeah. I don't wear a fucking bonnet. And Brian, you don't make bread.
1: I know. Thank you. Although I am, I am learning. Those are the
2: only things that were done two thousand years ago. That's it.
1: <laughs>
4: Do And I don't mean to hurry as long as I'm with you. We'll take it nice and easy and use my simple plan. You'll be my loving woman. I'll be your loving man. We'll take the most from living. at pleasure while we can.
5: CPAC over the weekend, some individuals at CPAC were asked by Think Progress respond to Re- Republican Rob Portman saying, "You know, my son is gay and I am now for equality." It did not go very well, Louis. Let's take a listen to this. Incredible stuff.
6: Sen- Republican Senator Rob Portman of Ohio is one of Miram. Uh, vice presidential finalist he came out in favor of same-sex marriage. What's your reaction to that?
2: Horrible.
7: <laughs> well, I'm a pastor of a church, black church in Brunswick, Georgia. They wouldn't be happy to
5: hear this Mr. Horton so he so he, be uh, he agreed. Go to the next lady.
8: Just because
3: something like that hits home, I don't know why you change your beliefs. I mean, that that bothers me. So his belief is very easily changed just because. He he finds out
8: his
9: son is gay. I don't get that. Yeah. So uh, Rob Portman, uh, as a Republican, if he endorses gay marriage, first of all, it's a uh, it's a. Uh, uh, A complete redundancy to call something gay, which isn't. And uh, marriage, it can't be either because marriage is between two different things, right? So, so how can you have a gay marriage of two things that are the same?
5: Turns out that his his own son is gay. Does that change it? That's his fault. (laughs) (laughs) It's not mine. It's Rob Portman's fault that his son is gay. This is another layer. This is not. This is. Listen. Not only is being gay a choice it's a choice that is determined by the by the parent making a mistake in mm. other words rob portman is responsible for the the, the choice the bad choice that his son has decided to make he must have fed his kids some bad peanut butter <laughs> when he was young <laughs> unbelievable yeah. let's continue
8: he gets no sympathy from me. I'm
5: sorry. Give me some justification. I mean, you know, that No, he said he, his, his son is gay. By the way, this guy they're talking to now is on the phone during the interview. And, and by the way, a ton of the comments <laughs> say the guy speaking right now is incredibly effeminate and appears to be gay himself. But when responding to the question, he's, he's taking a phone call. It's a very weird scene over at CPAC, ladies and gentlemen.
10: Well, and same thing, isn't it, uh, was it McCain's daughter? Uh, uh, I, D- uh, Dick Cheney's Dick Cheney's daughter. So, I mean, you know, that's fine, but I mean, still, I mean, I, I happen to be a minister
5: by trade, but I'm right. former Navy chap and disabled vet. I mean, so, you know, just, yeah. the, the justification seems to be business. How, how, how do you, would you, yeah. Anyway, uh, to, in in the defense of CPAC, it actually doesn't seem like this is the broader opinion at CPAC because there were some opponents of gay rights who spoke at CPAC and the room was like almost empty and they had some supporters saying, you know, the Republican Party has to now be in favor of equality and there were a lot of people in that room. Maybe they were protesting. I don't know, but it seems like this hopefully is not the norm at CPAC. I don't know.
11: Yes, uh, I. Strange. If
5: that's the <laughs> Very case, bizarre stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
12: once again, I have another example of the problem with Republicans. And, you know, I love the Republicans and their problems. Rush Limbaugh was not for uh, drug treatment, but was for incarceration until he developed a drug problem. And then he is for drug treatment over incarceration. Nancy Reagan is for stem cell research because Ronald Reagan has Alzheimer's disease. Dick Cheney is for gay marriage because he has a lesbian daughter. We see over and over and again the, the problem with Republicans being that they, they can't, empathize with other human beings and their struggles and their plights unless it happens to them. And then all of a the sudden, they can see the wisdom in drug treatment, over-incarceration, in stem cell research, in equality for uh, LGBT people, whatever. And we have another example. Rob Portman, who is a Republican senator from Ohio, uh, presidential prospect, was one of the people that Mitt Romney auditioned to be his running mate, um, anti-gay, uh, rock-solid anti-gay record, social conservative, um, voted for the Defense of Marriage Act, voted to ban gays in Washington, D.C. from adopting children and supported a federal constitutional amendment to ban gay marriage. And I'm sure, as all of you have heard, last week he changed his mind and came out for marriage equality because his 21-year-old son, Will, Will Portman, a junior at Yale, came out to his parents about a year ago. And so Rob Portman, because it has happened to him, because someone that he loves is gay, has changed his mind and now supports equality for gay people. Quote, knowing that my son is gay, allowed me to think about this issue from a new perspective, and that's as a dad who loves his son a lot and wants him to have the same opportunities that his brother and sister have. What on God's green fucking earth prevented Rob Portman from thinking those thoughts before his son came out to him about other people's children? That there were other human beings on this planet, including Dick fucking Cheney, who I believe Rob Portman has heard of, and perhaps met and voted for twice for vice president, have gay children. What about their children? This is that, that, some, that circuit breaker, that, 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 that gap that so many Republicans can't leap, which is, if I don't have a drug problem, if my dad doesn't have Alzheimer's, if I don't have a gay child, I can't see the necessity of stem cell research, treatment over incarceration, equal rights for queer people, uh, until it happens to me. And then suddenly my eyes are opened. It's a failure of the moral imagination that Rob Portman wasn't able to see that other people had gay children and their gay children deserve the same rights as their straight children. Rob Portman's being hailed today as a bit of a hero. Uh, The real hero in this is Will Portman, Rob's 21-year-old son. It can't have been easy to grow up as the gay son of a right-wing rabidly anti-gay Republican politician, and he did absolutely the right thing. He came out to his parents, which was an act of real courage. And as I've said for 30 years, uh, the single most important political action that any gay, lesbian, bi, or trans person can take is to be out to your family. That changes people. That is our secret weapon. When people ask why the LGBT civil rights movement has made such progress, Why Such rapid progress compared to other social justice movements. This is it. We are born into the families of the straight class that oppressed us. And by coming out to our families, we change our families. We open their eyes. And Will Portman, because he's brave enough to come out to his parents, and I think smart enough to wait. A lot of queer kids I hear from have parents who are rapidly anti-gay. And they are afraid of their parents. They're afraid of coming out, and rightly so. Forty percent of homeless teenagers are LGBT kids who were kicked out or thrown out after they came out or were outed to their families. So it's a real danger, actually, out there for LGBT kids who have rapidly homophobic parents, as Will Portman did, have rapidly homophobic parents. I think there's a reason he didn't come out in middle school. There's a reason he didn't come out in high school. He was vulnerable in high school, vulnerable in middle school. He waited wisely, perhaps, I don't know anything about the internal dynamics of the Portman family, and I'm not speculating, but he waited until sophomore year at Yale, until he was an adult. And then he came out to his parents. Maybe that's when he was ready to come out. Maybe he was ready years earlier and figured he couldn't come out. He couldn't risk it because he couldn't trust his parents to react in a loving and supportive way. And he waited, as so many LGBT kids do and many need to, he waited until he was an adult and his parents couldn't retaliate against him. But he did it. That's the important thing. He did it. When the time was right, when he was in a good place, when he was safe, he came out to his family, did the right thing, and he changed his family, he changed his dad, opened his dad's eyes. Another Republican with his eyes opened because it happened to him.
10: Dial me up, Kick me sweetly.
0: show to continue and continue to improve thanks so much for your support
13: so i don't know if you heard but uh, senator rob uh, portman by the way uh a new washington post poll found that the support for same-sex marriage is at historic highs. In fact, fifty-eight percent of Americans back the right from gays and lesbians to marry, compared with only thirty-six percent who believe they should be banned. So that's a pretty big majority, right? That's mm-hmm. a that's mm-hmm. almost six out of ten people mm-hmm. are in. That's a big majority, right? If, the, yeah. if you got six out of ten votes, you can be considered a landslide in an election. So, uh, but his eminence would think it was just a fad. But guess how many, yes, your, your m and <laughs> would think it well. was just a fad, this gay marriage thing. But guess how many Republican senators are pro-gay marriage? Just one. One. Uh, Portman. Would guess. be one, and the guy's name is Ron Portman. Rob. Rob, I'm sorry, Rob Portman. And in fact, let me get back to the study. Mm-hmm. Did you know that uh, a complete uh, uh, 81%... Um, Young voters, mm-hmm. 81% of young voters support same-sex marriage, and 58% of overall voters support it, and only one Republican senator, and that guy's name is Rob Portman. And the reason why Rob Portman is for gay marriage is because his son came out as a gay guy. Mm. Two years ago. Yes, two years ago, so it took only took him two years. Uh, John Boehner went on uh, this week with Martha Raddick. And, um... Radishes? Radishes. And Martha Radishes asked, she put this question to John uh, Boner like this.
14: Listen, Rob's a great friend and a longtime ally. And uh, I appreciate that he's decided to change uh, his views on this. Uh, but I believe that marriage is a union of, of a man and a woman.
13: Hey, listen, Rob Portman and I are good friends, but as a Republican, I firmly believe that having a gay child is something that happens to someone else. <laughs> surveys prove that I love
7: my (laughs) Republican gay friend son who's not dead yet
13: (laughs) I mean if I changed my mind on a position just because it was based on complete horse shit Why would I keep saying that cutting taxes creates jobs in the first place? Why would I do that? Listen, there's a big difference between Rob Portman and myself. I don't have to worry about Rob Portman's son hating my guts. Couldn't care less. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. He's got a little bit more to say.
15: Can you imagine yourself in a situation where you reversed your decision, as Portman has, on gay marriage if a child of yours or someone you love told you they were gay?
13: So now if your kid turned out to be gay, Johnny... Would you hate him? Would you hate him? I believe that marriage
14: is the union of one man and one woman. Uh, It's it's what I grew up
16: with. It's what I believe.
13: Yeah, and what do you think I am? I'm the Speaker of the House, not the Mayor of Provincetown.
16: (laughs) (laughs) My son is not gay, and neither is the other guys in the tanning booth yet.
13: (laughs) (laughs) Look, it's what I grew up with, like racism. I see no reason to change. Why would you ever change, ever? Here we go.
14: Uh, it's what my church teaches me, and uh,
13: my church uh, is never wrong, and yeah <laughs> when has the church ever been wrong about anything? Here we go believe uh, it's
14: what my church teaches me, and uh, uh, I can't imagine that
13: position would ever change. yeah, listen, Rob Portman can say whatever he likes about gay marriage, but i'm not about to turn my back on the millions of Americans who are grossed out by it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the, there's a the flaw in the premise of the question is. When she goes, can you imagine? <laughs> Stop there. Can you imagine? John Boehner cannot imagine anything. It, it is only what is in front of him that is that is being dealt with. This must have been what it was like to be around in the '60s and watch uh, everybody, hang, those Dixiecrats and whatever, hanging on to segregation. Now, segregation too much. Mm-hmm. Like no, the, it's moving forth. You it's, you guys really can't see where this is going very quickly? But I think that the lesson here is that John Boehner could never love anybody enough <laughs> yes. to think something else through. <laughs> yes. Which well, I, I would believe.
7: Uh, I don't know. You know, you loosen up him up with some cigarettes and red wine. <laughs> you
13: know? Yes, i will fold under anything. You
15: All right, know, and then his just his position is just
13: I believe.
2: That's I, it. I believe. That's this it. Is and what then I you think. have to move on from that. I just believe this. this is what I was
13: raised like. I believe it. It's what I've been told. So Theref- I- therefore, it's good public policy. That's right.
12: Ben
6: Carson is considered by some on the right to be like their next savior. Like he's going to be the man that's going to take down Obama, at least in some sense, at least in terms of ideology. Uh, and so he's been making news for some crazy comments that he's, he's made. He's a
17: doctor. He's a, sper- a very skilled neurosurgeon. Very skilled surgeon.
6: Yes.
7: Yeah, you know, when it, he first came out, his comments were so over the top. I had... I, assume that he was like Dr. Keith Abloh, like Uh like a dentist and like from nineteen seventy eight and hadn't practiced in a while and was banned from practicing in the Dominican Republic. You know, Um, some like nonsense Is that true about Dr. Keith? No, no, (laughs) no, but it could be. I don't believe that guy's a doctor.
18: Okay, but anyway
7: So, but it turns out, actually, Dr. Ben
6: Carson is a very respected surgeon. Yep. And he's not only at Johns Hopkins, but a really acclaimed one. What Roof, did you say? Uh, documentaries have been made about him, and also I found out, that, according a, to Wikipedia. That,
19: that, uh,
17: uh, Cuba Gooding Jr. played him. Yeah.
6: yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, you probably reviewed it at one point. I don't think I did. No. Oh, well, anyway. <laughs> uh, he was also the first surgeon ever to uh, separate conjoined twins. Which is interesting. Yeah. Uh, but so but what does that have to do with him being the savior of the Republican Party? Well you don't just go from being a doctor to being like the next president, obviously. There's got to be a next step. And so he's been saying some crazy stuff completely just founded on his religious beliefs. So the that's, the, that's the connecting part right there.
17: Conservatives, they love him. They love him. My, oh totally.
6: I got friends of my mom's trying to convert
17: her and they're like, This Ben Carson, you know, Ben Carson, you'd like him, they say to my mom.
7: Yeah, I like the
6: way you like him. He's black. Yeah. <laughs> black. yeah, you're liberal.
17: You'll like him. Yeah.
6: And so, uh, why don't we actually show you the the statements that he's made that have gotten the most attention? He was on talking about gay marriage. Here's what he said: uh,
19: Marriage is between a man and a woman. It's a well-established uh, fundamental pillar of society, and uh, no group, uh, be they gays, be they Namla. Uh, be they people who believe in bestiality, it doesn't matter what they are, they don't get to change the definition. So it's not something that's against gays, it's it's against anybody who wants to come along and change the fundamental definitions of pillars of society. It has significant ramifications.
7: It's painful how wrong they are. The, the mar- definition of marriage has been changed a lot, and in, in good ways, too. For example, when we now married for love, before it was simply a property exchange. Women were considered property, and you would have to pay for that property. That's why you would give a dowry. That's yeah. the actual definition of marriage that I like.
19: So you want to go back to that, right? Yeah, the kidding. original
17: definition of marriage. I don't think it should have been changed yeah. in the first
19: place.
6: Right, and there were arranged marriages, obviously, etc. cetera. There was no interracial marriage. That was a pillar of society. How for can like you change the definition of marriage? of marriage by letting white people and black people get married, John? How could
7: you do that? Yeah.
6: I'm
17: pillar
7: sure he's. Society. I'm
6: sure he's been posed with that many times. I white people and
7: black, Jews and Asians. Mm-hmm. Come on. Well, yeah. they'd be like the Who marriages in LA and New York would be cut by
6: half <laughs> if you didn't allow that. Who
7: are we supposed to marry? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> other jews it's
17: crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy talk
7: yeah.
6: and so like he's gotten criticism for those comments although obviously the right just absolutely loves it because you know like we said he's a noted philosopher and theologian oh no, wait no he's a surgeon doesn't have anything to do with religion but whatever that's what he's becoming he's a very for. deeply religious man he sure. spoke at the the february of this year the national prayer breakfast that was like his coming out party i guess so uh he's <laughs> saying that those comments were taken out of context
8: And joining me now is Dr. Ben Carson, Director of Pediatric Neurosurgery at Johns Hopkins Hospital and a recipient of the Presidential Medal of Freedom.
19: You know, I think, you know, in terms of what was said on on Sean Hannity's show, uh, that was taken completely out of context uh, and completely misunderstood in terms of what I was trying to say. You know, as a Christian, you know, I have a duty to love all people. And that includes people uh, who have other sexual orientations, and I certainly do.
7: They define love oddly. Yeah, so that was a, an half an apology. He never mm. took anything back. And then, of course, then he's going to double down and say, oh, the liberals are the real problem. See, it's funny, when, he, when he's not on Fox News, he seems slightly conciliatory. Yeah. He goes back on Fox News or conservative talk show, went on Mark Levine's show, yeah. and all of a sudden, no, he's back to being totally right-wing. Yeah. So let's watch that.
15: They don't want a conversation, do they? They don't want us to engage. In fact, they... Uh, they...
19: No, they want to shut us up completely. Yeah. And, 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 and that's why the attacks against me have been so vicious, because I, I represent, you know, an exis- existential threat to them. They need to shut me up. They need to get rid of me. They can't find anything else to delegitimize me. So they take my words, misinterpret them, and uh, and try to make it seem that I'm a bigot.
15: You're, you're attacked also, in many respects, because of your race, because you're not supposed to think like this and talk like this. A lot of white liberals just don't like it, do they?
19: Well, I, you know, they're the most racist people there are because, you know, they put you in a little category, a little box. You have to think this way. How could you dare come off the plantation? Mm-hmm.
10: Mm-hmm.
7: All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, three things about this. First of all, Dr. Ben Carson's got to stop wearing his coat on TV. <laughs> you're not about to perform surgery. It's not like you come out of Andrea Mitchell and you're like, all right, let's scrub. Yeah. Okay. You're going to get <laughs> a it's chance a, to put the doctor coat on later it's just when you're at that. a photo that we used to him. No, no, no. When, I, on Andrea oh. Mitchell's oh. show, he <laughs> was also <laughs> <had that one. laughs> okay. In
17: fact. Look okay. what <laughs> we made him do. Time. All
7: right. Uh, number two. Uh, Mark Levine's, uh, in, uh... really in the running for top three most annoying people in America. <laughs> like, ah, yeah, it's the liberals, <laughs> right? Uh, oh, yeah, of course, it's the liberals. Mm-hmm. Number three, you got a uh, black conservative. Please stop with the uh, they are you know the liberal plantation talk. It's uh-huh. it's really stupid, and it doesn't help your cause, and it really alienates only ninety-eight percent of other
12: African Americans in the country. So yeah just worth I mean, to the
17: wise any conservative who gets a public forum and espouses the idea that gay people are like Nambla or uh, people who want to have sex with horses uh is a fool, and we will mock for being an ignorant douchebag yeah, I'm sorry, jack bag, I got to work there jack bag in <laughs> um i so it didn't matter that you're black. We would do it to anybody. We did it to Rick Santorum, and he was white. Uh, the most rate we're the most liberal white liberals. I'm the most racist person there is. I'm the most racist person there is.
6: <laughs> That's what completes the circle, though, mm-hmm. because like what he'd set up until that point would have you know possibly got him elected as a Republican senator or something. But to be a contributor on like Hannity's show someday, you have to do the full circle and say that it's actually the liberals that are racist. Black like blacks are just loved by Republicans and conservatives. It's really the liberals keeping them down, and. So now he can get hired by
7: Fox News. Jr. do uh, you enjoy uh, being referred to as being on the liberal plantation? Is that something that might convert you to being a conservative uh, like Ben Carson and Alan West plant? Well,
19: as as I was, you know,
1: as I always say before, that's you hear certain terms and you're like, oh, this guy's on that frame. Moving on. And when you say anything about, you know, racists in general, when I hear certain things, I'm like, oh, I'm to get upset about this guy. He's a racist. Move on. Push him out of our brain. So there's certain trigger words that they've been taught. And then I'm not sure who they're pulling in with these words. Like I've, I don't know. Well, I guess maybe other white conservatives that think it the way he does. But as soon as he says they want me on the liberal plantation, there's certain people he's reaching out to. That's yeah. that's the word for but, I'm but, one of these guys. Please pay me.
7: Yeah. yeah now please pay me. <laughs> by the way, <laughs> and by the way, he's retiring from Johns
6: Hopkins next year. So speaking um, of that, by the
17: way, is uh, do we pay Jr.
6: <laughs> so, um, uh, yes And so Johns Hopkins specifically had a problem with what he said Because he's known as a representative of that organization, obviously And uh, we, we played you his quasi-apology that he gave He actually has a written apology that I think is actually pretty powerful Or at least effective he, he It's an actual the, apology He had
17: the, 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 that, that did not satisfy
6: No, yeah. no, not at all But I, I think that this might Well, you guys be the judge, I guess He says, I am sorry for any embarrassment this has caused But what really saddens me is that my poorly chosen words caused pain for some members of our community, and for that I offer a most sincere and heartfelt apology. Hurting others is diametrically opposed to who I am and what I believe. While I do believe marriage is between a man and a woman, there are much less offensive ways to make that point. Okay. Right. It's a good and apology. That's a, that's a real apology. And you know what happened is that he got get,
7: got pulled into a meeting with the head of his department at Johns Hopkins. L- l- this is literally yeah. what happened. And I think that they, you know, gave him a, they had a conversation about the effects of his words right uh-huh. and and they somehow convinced him it was not a wise course so for example uh, he was about to give the commencement speech I think at, at graduation or is that what they call it yeah. Uh, yeah and and now there's a whole student movement to make sure he doesn't give it yeah. and I think and it's not a matter of threats or anything I think the head of the faculty is saying look it's probably gay faculty. I mean, you know Bob, Gay you, students. Right. And you know, and you know the students. You, do you really want to say that about Professor Livingston, whatever it is, right? <laughs> and do you really want the students to pull you from this? I mean, and have a, maybe a real heartfelt uh, conversation about, come on, Ben, do you really like, believe you're, this? You're brilliant you're right.
17: at what you do. You have a lot to offer. You're, 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 also, you're leaving us with no choice. And you're a freaking doctor, man. You're supposed to make people better
7: yeah, yeah. Um, and, and, and so then you have this awkward situation where it's obvious that he doesn't really believe the things he's saying in this apology unless I mean he could have had a conversion through a real conversation there but now he's in the kind of in the worst of all worlds because when he apologizes like that, you know the conservatives are like
15: ah yeah made him
7: do it but he's, nice. not a,
15: he's, he's
10: back you know. on the plantation That's
15: right. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sorry for the hurt. I'm sorry.
7: This week, the chairman of the Republican Party, Reince Priebus, announced the results of what he called a GOP autopsy and recommended major changes in how Republican candidates present themselves to voters. He says the Republican Party needs an entire makeover, which is why the Republicans are now teaming up with the television network that also needs an entire makeover.
14: Coming this week to NBC, the hit new reality show, GOP Makeover. Each week, our host, Janie Haddad Tompkins, takes a Republican candidate and tries to remold him, and it usually is a him and not a her, for the 21st century.
8: Thank you so much for coming. I'm Janie Haddad Tompkins, and I'm here to make you a winner.
9: A winner? Young woman, you look more qualified to make me dinner.
8: Ha, ha, ha! always the same. What's your name, sir?
9: My name is Craig Mark Scott Sellers III, and I'm running for Congress in Connecticut.
8: What a surprise.
9: Not to nitpick, but I was assured I'd be speaking to the host of this program, not some chippy underling.
8: Whoa, Buster, we have got a long way to go.
9: Ooh, just like that cigarette ad you gals liked so much. You've come a long way, baby.
14: Can Janie take those biggest losers and make them appealing to American voters who aren't white, aren't over 70, and don't wear hats made out of carefully folded sheets of tinfoil?
8: Okay, Craig Mark Scott. For our first exercise, pretend that you are at a campaign event meeting voters and that I'm a black man.
9: Okay. Uh, Please don't hurt me. Here's my wallet.
8: (laughs) No. Let's try something different. Now pretend I'm a Latino voter.
9: Hmm, okay. Uh, Lupita, you missed a spot in the bathroom. And could you open your purse? Some cinnamon Pop-Tarts have gone missing from the butler's pantry.
14: On GOP Makeover, no contestant ever gets kicked off the island because that's where they hide their secret bank accounts.
8: Okay, Craig Mark Scott, if a voter asks where you stand on gay marriage, what do you say?
9: I am absolutely, positively, 100% against it.
14: Unless my son, Bridgman, comes out of the closet. GOP Makeover. It's the show for people who think Celebrity Apprentice is too subtle and Jersey Shore was too intellectual. So, Joni, how would you like to have drinks on my yacht?
8: Janie, not Joni.
9: Ooh, bring her, too, and wear a bikini.
8: Ha-ha-ha! <laughs> you are a pig. The only way you'll ever connect with a voter is if they smack you in the face.
9: Ow! Ow! Kate! Hey, please stop hitting me, girly. Ah, careful, you nearly dinged my patella. As you know, I prefer to pay other people to fight for me. Ah. Come here, you.
8: Get your... Oh. Gross, rich, white hands off of me.
9: That's it. Hit me uh. harder while I pretend uh. to exist! You're ah.
8: disgusting. <laughs> I can't believe you get voted into anywhere. <laughs> mommy, mommy.
14: GOP Makeover, Tuesdays on NBC, right after some other show nobody watches.
4: But you know that she's watching She's laughing, she's turning She's holding her tonic like a cross The room suddenly spinning She walks up and asks how you are So you can smell her perfume You can see her lying naked in your arms
10: And so there's a
4: change
10: in your Let's play a clip of of Rand Paul in front of uh, CPAC. He's now a hero, and I want to talk a little bit about... I did hear your conversation with Michael uh, about uh, Rand Paul's uh, filibuster, which, as my wife was going into labor, uh, I was like... Sweetie, you got to hold off on this at least till midnight. I want to see what happens uh, with this. Uh, <laughs> did with, she do that for you? She did. She so, did. Okay. Uh, let's give her so some credit. she gets a lot of credit for that. Uh, but but let's hear Rand Paul. This one, cl- the only clip we have from CPAC, of course, it's, you know, Folks will be hearing clips about CPAC odd uh, nauseum not just because of its, uh, of the quantity, but also the quality of the clips. Um, But let's just play this uh, Rand Paul one, because it's another perfect example. This month I will propose a five-year balanced budget. My budget
20: eliminates the Department of Education.
10: Right. I mean, they're so excited at uh, the, uh, the notion of, well, good, we'll get rid of this Department of Education. We're
2: all in private
10: school! Uh, right. uh,
3: or, um... <laughs> and, and again, Rand Paul is somebody who was all for cutting the budget. And remember, it was unconstitutional for the government to, to make sure that African Americans can eat the same lunch counter as you and I. He supports a personhood amendment, uh, would deprive women of the most basic rights. But when they asked him why he accepted Medicare for his practice, Uh, He's a doctor of sorts. Um, He said because doctors have the right to make a good living, too. I mean, have you ever heard anything so unbelievably hypocritical to say that in sort of a blithely, oh, you know, we deserve to make a good living, too? What about people that need to make a minimum wage to eat? What about people on Social Security that need to pay for their medicine and that's the only way they can do it? And it's like, I, I, you know what, I sent a tweet out earlier, I hope Rob Portman's son comes out of the closet in favor of Social Security, an assault weapons ban, raising right. the minimum wage. Uh, yeah, I hope maybe he, we find out he's pregnant, he has t- tough decisions to make. I mean, because maybe that's the only way we can get Rob Portman and all of his friends to actually, to actually look at these other issues. Rob Portman, I know, again, I'm from Cincinnati, comes from a wealthy family that owns one of the most oldest and, and sort of most renowned hotel restaurants called the Golden Lamb in, in Lebanon, Ohio. laugh at that as you will. Um, in Lebanon, Ohio which is a a sort of far out kind of exurb of Cincinnati he went to Dartmouth he never had any trouble financially in life maybe if one of his kids were unemployed and poor he'd feel differently about that And you know, and his social conservatism, which I don't think he believes in most of it, comes from a time. You know, Cincinnati 30 years ago was the place that spawned the likes of Ken Blackwell. People like myself have been have been moving there for a variety of reasons, and and it's changed. It supported Obama the last two elections, so maybe it's now a little safer for Rob Portman to come out for some of these things but in the end the end result is I don't care what he really thinks I care what he does right. and all of these guys either believe this garbage or behind the scenes I think a whole lot of them from your Lisa Murkowski's to your Rob Portman's to your Dan Coates and others feel the same way their colleagues who've left the Senate who, many of whom came out and endorsed Obama Durenberger the former senator from Minnesota and I'm trying to think a former governor what was his name Larry whatever, from, from South Dakota who, you know, all these guys because they're no longer elected office right. you know, like Huntsmen now so they can come out and before all this stuff i don't believe that it differs so much that oh i was in congress five years ago but i've completely changed since i've left these guys are just all scared and they won't do the right thing i mean i shouldn't say all; oh. i'd say there's a chunk of them that are scared and then there's all the tea party party people you know who are absolutely insane and sit in corners and stare at the wall you know and try to think of ways to make other people's lives more difficult um, yeah, it, 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 it,
10: way, yeah there, I mean there are two implications here. One is that it it, it 's an insight into the the real sort of uh, the, 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 the way in which conservatives think in terms of their capacity for empathy because there 's no there's really i mean your tweet uh, says it all i mean you know if uh portman had uh relatives who were you know the takers not the makers or as they 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 would perceive it perhaps his perspective would be different and then of course it also gets back to that uh, thing that we've been saying for some time now is that um the republican party uh basically made a faustian deal uh to enhance their electoral uh, opportunities which is to to um uh, create an electoral base out of uh, a combination of misogyny and homophobia and racism and uh, nationalism the and brown anti- shirt wings yes of the party. And and I'm sorry
3: and to say it that way but that's where they are the the, the storm they're the, the foot soldiers who go and raise hell
10: yes and and and, and do it on the the backs of these uh, social issues and society is leaving them behind but they are still essentially beholden to that and and we see it uh, time and time again and uh, so I mean it's it simply it's it's fascinating Dating. And, again, you know, uh, what 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 courage does do we really need? I mean, are we really going to say that uh, uh, that uh, the Portman it, it took courage for him to come out and say, I don't want to screw over my own son? I right. mean, honestly. I mean, really. I mean, they, mean, they, really,
3: they I they, mean honestly. she's yeah. one of the most antisocial human beings. If you saw that piece in the New York Times today because there's new documentaries coming out on him, he's still like, we did the right thing in Iraq, do it again. Thousands of people died right. because of this guy's lies, right. and this guy's stupidity, and his ineptitude, and I can go on and on. He's literally a terrible human being. But he's for gay marriage, because that's what it, that helps his own personal family, that, that helps his daughter, and again... I'm not saying I'm not glad to have Rob Portman with us on this, right? Yeah, no, of course. The more the merrier, and I'm glad to have Mark Kirk now supporting Medicaid, and I'm glad to have Chris Christie thinking the government has a role in providing hurricane relief. But at the same time, you know, it, we still need to call out these people and say, when can you see beyond your own circumstances? Right. When can you? you we talk about evolution. You know, Rob Portman's you know evolved in this issue. It really, I think this really is evolutionary biology. At some point, these guys haven't quite made it as far up the evolutionary ladder as some of that's us. That's right. Because we we're all born originally to fear everything that's different. That's how the species survived. As we get to be more evolved, we learn, that, "Hey, that person has darker skin than me. That person is a woman. I'm a man. That person has a different sexual preference. Maybe they're still the same as me in most ways. Maybe we, you know, in, in the ways that count, we're still the same people. But the, on the right, they just can't seem to take that step up, you know, that further step up the evolutionary ladder. It seems that that part of the ladder breaks and they fall down to the bottom whenever they try to do that.
10: Well, I mean, I think the the conservative id is fundamentally reliant upon this notion of my circumstances, my circumstances are universal. And I cannot imagine, it, it is impossible for me to perceive uh... that other people could be just as good a people in different uh, but in different circumstances right. than me
3: only our yeah. way god country you know, you can only do it the way we've done it.
10: and they even in those instances where they have a perfect example not just of their own uh... uh that that in their narrow silo uh, uh... that the circumstances uh... are 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 different but they can't even learn from that example yeah. Hi, I'm Sam Cedar. You may know me from my shows on Air America Radio, from filling in for Keith Olbermann on Countdown, or even, God forbid, my directing shows like Comedy Central's I'm with Busey. If not, you should really get to know me. Not personally, of course. I think we both find that uncomfortable. But if you're a fan of the best of the left like me, I think you'll enjoy my daily live show and podcast, The Majority Report, at majority.fm. It's a daily dose of political news, analysis, and guests like Chris Hayes, Robert Reich, Digby, comedians like Mark Marin, Janine Garofalo, filmmakers like Morgan Spurlock and Lucy Walker, and on occasion, between my rants on raising taxes, ending wars, and decorporatizing our democracy, I can be mildly amusing. I'm unbought and unbossed daily on the Majority Report at Majority.fm.
15: This week, the Republican National Committee released the report of its task force assigned to examine what went wrong in the last election. <laughs> According to the report, the GOP must press for immigration reform, gay tolerance, and work harder for the votes of young people and minorities. But the question remains, how to do all that and still be the party of an angry mob with pitchforks? <laughs> <laughs> RNC Chairman Reince Priebus said focus groups described the GOP as narrow-minded out-of-touch, and stuffy old men. And those are the people that like them. (laughs) Indeed, this is a time of crisis for Republicans as a serious ideological battle rages between the party's two right wings. (laughs) Libertarian crackpots versus pragmatic sons of
13: bitches.
15: (laughs) Crucially, the report strongly favored immigration reform as the only way to slow down Hispanic production of what it called Democrat babies. (laughs) <laughs> the party also needs to tone down its anti-gay rhetoric. For example, Republicans can still oppose same-sex marriage while pointing out that gay men often make the best wedding planners. <laughs> <laughs> the GOP is also launching a $10 million marketing campaign to encourage women, gays, and minorities to sell each other out. Sell out with me, oh yeah. Sell out with me tonight. The
4: record companies only give me lots of money and everything's gonna be.
21: What to call immigrants is one thing, but a related political development has been efforts by the Republican Party to broaden their appeal to people of color and to gays and lesbians. This is no easy feat when your policies are read as hostile to any or all of those groups. Or when, say, some of your leaders blurt out offensive or racist nonsense. Alaska Republican Don Young went on the radio and referred to wetbacks, and a Republican National Committee official posted something on Facebook about filthy homosexuality. Those developments led to a Washington Post article on March 30th headlined, For Real, Remarks Stymie GOP's Mission. And it led off like this, quote, For a Republican Party embarked on a mission of modernization, an ethnic slur uttered by a senior House Republican this week, offered an unwelcome reminder of the past, close quote. Of course, since these are actual current Republican Party officials, it's less a reminder of the past than of the present. And according to the Post, the slurs, quote, highlighted the challenge Republicans face, close quote. The paper seemed almost sympathetic with the plight of the Republican Party and even permitted them to take a swipe at the media for noticing the bigotry quote some Republicans argue there's a double standard in which the news media focus on outlandish things that Republicans say and ignore similar gaffes by Democrats close quote a Republican consultant is then allowed to say that the media are on the lookout for the craziest thing a Republican said today well maybe but who exactly are the racist Democrats getting a pass from the media
11: so make call your last in- Sake you, and I'll meet your eyes for the very first time, for the very last.
15: So, love
13: me,
11: mother, and love
13: me, father,
11: and love. Sister, I swear.
8: Good evening. I'm Janie Haddad Tompkins, and I'm here with Representative Don Young of Alaska. Mr. Young, good evening. Hey. Mr. Young, you turned heads on Thursday when during a radio interview you said, and I quote, My father had a ranch. We used to have 50 to 60 wetbacks to pick tomatoes. It takes two people to pick the same tomatoes now. It's all done by machine. Unquote. When you made this statement, were you aware that wetbacks was a derogatory term for Latinos? I don't know. You don't know? Uh Uh-huh. All right. Well, during a time when the GOP is desperately trying to woo Latino voters, do you feel that you're referring to them as wetbacks is... Well, counterproductive.
10: I don't know. It's like, haters gonna hate, you know?
8: I'm not sure I do, Mr. Young. Oh, this
7: whole thing is so gay!
8: Excuse me? Yeah, I said
7: this is gay! Mr. Young, that is highly offensive. I know, very highly. I'm sorry if their backs were wet. It's what
1: happens when it's hot and you pick tomatoes for 14 hours straight without a break. Sorry, America's hard. And I'm sorry you're being so gay
19: about it.
8: Mr. Young, you're minimizing what many consider a real problem with the Republican Party. A denial of the inherent racism and sexism within the GOP that has taken your party from the mainstream to a regional party of bigots and hey, hateful...
1: Hey, 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 listen...
11: Do you watch *Downton Abbey*?
8: Uh, Yes, I do, but I don't know what. Gay! 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 -gay! I knew it. That's all the time we have tonight. Thank you for tuning in, and thank you, Representative Don Young, for joining us.
21: You're an all right broad, Janie.
8: Offensive, Mister Young.
21: Oh, I'm sorry, retard.
8: Also offensive.
21: You're offensive.
8: Actually, you're offensive.
21: Actually, you're
10: actually.
8: Actually. Actually. That's all the time. That's all the time. We have. If I could save time in a bottle The first thing that I'd like to do Is to save every day Till eternity passes away
7: So a lot of you might have heard about the racist heckler at uh, CPAC. His name is um, Terry, and um, it's Scott Terry. And he defended slavery and said, hey, look, uh, blacks got uh, food and shelter. What are they complaining about? Basically, you're about to see the tape for yourself, uh, so I don't need to paraphrase it. Well, actually, what we've got now is the fuller, uh, more unedited, longer, and clearer tape of exactly what went down. Uh, You'll see uh, Kim Brown jump in there at some point and challenge him on that. You'll get the full context of it. And then I want to tell you what happened with Kim Brown later when she tried to ask a question. So now the reason we give you all this is because some right wingers have said, "Oh no, no, you guys are being unfair." Uh, the crowd did not necessarily support him. CPAC doesn't necessarily support him, etc. So l- let's take a look at the video ourselves.
20: John Terry um, from North Carolina. Um, I appreciate your method, but I have a few. Uh, sure. I don't think you've addressed some of my. Considerations. Okay. I have so maybe you can, What's that? I'll lay them out. Maybe you can talk about okay. it. I, it seems to me like you're reaching out to voters, and method, the program that you're offering us at the expense of young white southern males like myself, my demographic. Um, I study literature, English literature, and stuff, and as I read about the past, I really came to love my people and my culture okay and that I know that's anathema I mean I know that's no it isn't say. that's right. So, yeah. that. yeah. yeah. okay. so, okay. so my question would be uh, I mean I, I feel like my people my demographic are being systematically disenfranchised okay. yeah. and furthermore uh, you know People like the lady over here in the red shirt applauded and said, yay, that's good. Okay. My, my problem is why can't we be more like Booker T. Washington Republicans and his famous statement that let's be unified like a hand, but separate like a finger. Okay. The question is why can't we be more
7: unified like Booker T. Washington Republicans versus Frederick Douglass? They call Booker T. Washington second the second to Frederick Douglass. Mm-hmm. Doug, uh, Frederick Douglass was the original.
20: Okay. So when you said that Douglass, Douglass was not... How about the unity and diversity?
16: What, what about it? Why Doug just you, talked about that. Here's
7: an example. When Doug escaped from slavery, I think 10 years or 20 years after he escaped from slavery, he writes a letter to his former slave master and says, I forgive you for all the things you did to me.
20: Forgiving him shelter and food all those things? No. Excuse me? Listen, wait back now. Sorry. I'm sorry. Wait Wait <laughs> <now>. <laughs> All right. all right, sir. Uh, uh, let me uh, let me address your first question. Let me address your first question. Gonna on. stuff. you said
7: about no. my people. That's, that's all right.
20: That's all right.
5: I'm one of your
7: people. Let me address this. Let me please. Okay,
5: Let's go on. Let me address this, please.
13: Folks, I, I love the passion on uh, especially on this, this topic.
20: It's
5: fantastic. Um, but the presentation is not necessarily meant to be a debate. That's right. And the questions are certainly welcome.
19: So
7: that's amazing. Now the African American woman you saw there uh, in the exchanges, Kim Brown. Uh, the, it was documentary filmmaker Katie Jordan who provided the longer clip. It's going to be part of filmmaker Kevin Dotz's forthcoming documentary called Black Tea. And uh, the full context is really interesting because you know you hear some noise in the room, and obviously some are objecting to what uh, Scott Terry said. Uh, but it appears that some were actually supporting him. In fact, that man in the back is not yelling at him; he's yelling at Kim Brown. Now, if you saw there, uh, Terry said. Uh, that slaves were provided food and shelter by their masters. Are they not merciful? And uh, that why can't we be segregated? Right. Now, what's really interesting is the context, because K. Carl Smith, who's uh, the host speaker that you see there, afterwards told TPM, Talking Points Memo, that he was rudely interrupted, not by Scott Terry, by Kim Brown. He blamed Kim Brown for what happened there. He said that he later went and had a conversation with Terry and that, quote, we left as friends. So he's friends with Scott Terry, but not friends with Kim Brown, who was rude. And then here's where it gets really interesting. Benji Sarlin, reporter for TPM, was at the event, and he says that uh, Kim Brown later got up to ask a question. And when she did, she first prefaced it, being honest, said, I'm not a conservative. And it was immediately booed down. They told her there was yells of, according to Sarland, yells of "Shut up! No one wants to hear your question," etc. And there were boos, and it took her a long time to get the question out. and And we've asked uh, the filmmakers and others have uh, to see if we can get that question on tape as well, right? Because that gives you the important context. Scott Terry was not booed down. There was rumblings, some pros, some con, etc. But overall, like, oh, interesting. Yeah, maybe we should go back to segregation. Right. Interesting point about slavery and how the slaves had it so good. Kim Brown, oh, you're not a conservative? Boo! Boo! So it's not like they couldn't boo people down. He said, Scott Terry did in the middle of his speech, I I guess people are going to want to throw things at me. But nobody did. Nobody shouted him down. He was allowed to speak and make another point. There was nothing thrown at him. Kim Brown, I'm not a conservative. Boo! Get out of here. Nobody wants to hear you. look, it doesn't necessarily represent the rest of CPAC, it certainly doesn't necessarily represent all the Republicans in the country, that's crazy, right? But that room right there at CPAC seemed much more open to that guy who was clearly racist than the woman who just wanted to make a comment and said the preface of I'm not a conservative. So, it appears at least in that room racists are a lot more welcome than non-conservatives. That's not a good sign for a party that claims they want to open up and reach minorities.
18: In Washington with an activist call to action and awesomeness. I'd like to invite everybody in the general D.C. metro area on Saturday, April 13th to come out to the K Street 5K run to stop corruption on Capitol Hill and get money out of politics. It's being put on by an organization called Represent Us, and uh, you can check out their website at www.represent.us. They're supplying money suit costumes, so you'll be out running dressed like a giant $100 bill. The idea is that money runs everything in Washington, but it's usually behind closed doors, but now everyone will see it out in the open. It's cherry blossom season here too, so there'll be lots of tourists around and hopefully some great media coverage. The race for Just Fun Run starts at 2.30, but we're asking people to please show up by 2 o'clock so we can start on time. The start is at Farragut Square, close to the Farragut West Metro stop and it finishes on the West Lawn of the Capitol. It's a really flat terrain and a really straightforward route. It's just a lot of fun. After the run, there'll be live music, a comedy act, a couple key activist speakers, and, of course, plenty of free Ben & Jerry's ice cream. It's completely free, and you could just show up, but we'd prefer if you register ahead at representus, that's www.represent.us, or at street 5 kward the number five. Thanks a bunch, and hope to see you on Saturday. Bye.
4: Hey, Jay, this is Ty. I'm calling from Yume, Arizona. I just wanted to comment on some things that were said on the last uh, This Week in Blackness clip that you played on the last episode. This guy was basically saying, out of love, I'm going to tell my friends and family who are gay that they're doing wrong and they're harming themselves.
21: God made you, you're as good as I am. I'm not arguing that point. I'm saying I care enough that I'm going to say to you, if you get involved in that lifestyle, it's harmful to you, it's harmful to others, and I'm gonna do my best to show love by giving you information.
4: And then Elon comes back with something like, oh, so that's how you show people that you love them, by being a dick?
16: You, wait wait you're going to do your best by showing love and being a dick to the person and trying to make sure that they never ever get to have the same rights and uh, that that the rest of humanity has here that what that's that's how you love them
4: and just from the point of view of a person who did once call themselves a Christian it really is out of love and concern for people that they would say things like that not that I condone anything that, that guy's saying. I try as best as I can to be active and an active LGBTQ ally. I, I completely disagree with everything that that guy is saying, but he is saying it out of concern and out of love and I just think that it would be good for people to keep that in mind. So thanks Jay. Really appreciate the show. Keep doing what you're doing. Have a great day. Bye.
2: Hey Jay, um on one of your podcasts, you were saying that there was, um, a podcast that was like This American Life, but for science, I was just wondering if you could shout out what that podcast was again once for me, so. Alright, thanks.
4: Oh wait, you're listening.
11: <laughs> okay. Alright.
4: Okay. Alright.
5: <clears throat> you're listening, listening to Radio Lab. Lab. Radiolab. From
2: WNYC. See?
5: and NPR
16: Hi Jay, this is Nathan from Vancouver I just wanted to comment on a segment from the uh, gay rights episode with uh, TWIB and Elon was talking about how Sometimes the people polled, only
13: a small portion of them vote. The argument that the public is overwhelmingly in favor of same-sex marriage, Chris, is ludicrous. Thirty-three
5: states have voted to keep marriage the union of one man and one woman.
7: A poll and a vote are two different things. You can
19: have a
16: poll that says something of the opinion of 500 people, and then when it comes to vote day... Only 120 of them voted. Basically, the problem with that logic is that the polls aren't votes. Votes are votes. And so if you think something and you answer at the pollsters and you fail to go to the polls and vote on it, then that's your fault. The only exception I would give to this is for perhaps things like drug decriminalization and things like that, because many of the people who would participate in that vote have been specifically barred from the vote by that particular policy. So you get arrested for drugs, you're criminalized, you have a felony, you can no longer vote. Therefore, even if uh, you are part of the population, just a subset of the population, that thinks that policy should go away, you're unable to vote on it because that policy criminalized you. The arguments made by the attorneys in this case, the same ones that argued uh, Bush v. Gore, they basically didn't even argue how many people think it's a good idea and how many people don't so much as they argued, there's no compelling state interest to discriminate, and that's the argument. The argument shouldn't be how many people think that you have this right or you don't. The argument should be what is the compelling, unavoidable state interest, what is the unavoidable harm of allowing you this right, and that's what the argument should be regardless of if the polls say 8% of non-gays support gay marriage. Thank you. Bye.
11: Hi, my name is uh, Chris. I'm calling from Massachusetts, Boston. I consider myself to be a libertarian. Uh, I was just listening to the show about uh, feminism, and uh, there was a lot of good podcasts there, but uh, this is the last podcast that was played that I found really just unenlightening, un- uninspired. Basically, it was a show of rants, and one thing that kind of struck me as sort of an odd statement was, you know, how some counter-feminists really are just looking to rape women and not allow them to get abortions.
19: Feminism! Bah 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 bah, bah shed, buzz said buzzkill. Uh, my runer. day's ruined. All I want to do is be able to rape and not let you get an abortion. <laughs> and here come the feminists.
2: Oh, you're mad again. What a surprise.
21: Oh, all right. What are you mad about now?
11: But. I think that's a mischaracterization. I think that, you know, this counter-feminist position is not without, you know, merit. It's based on sort of recognizing the biological differences of, you know, men and women having them then being led led to different gender roles. You know, obviously the role of the mother as well as the role of the father, you know, in what is considered a traditional family role. That's not to say that I see anything against, you know, other type of family roles, but the fact of the matter is is that, you know, one, you know, sex versus the other does lends, le- lend to different gender roles, and I think that not understanding that position, I think, makes it very difficult for, you know, anyone in a feminist position to really convince anybody of, you know, any sort of their ideas or critiques of the other side to be taken seriously. Anyway, those, those were my thoughts, and um, thanks.
0: Thanks for listening, everyone. Thanks to the volunteers who helped gather clips to make the show possible, and thanks to all those who called into the voicemail line. If you would like to leave a comment, question, or activist call to action yourself to be played on the show, the number to dial is 202-999-3991. So I think there have been a few conversations on the David Pakman show recently that are relevant to the last voicemail we just heard from the libertarian talking about counter-feminism, and basically they they had these discussions on the David Pakman show asking the question, is a group, uh, I say a white pride group, was uh, for instance, or a heterosexual pride group, are those groups inherently racist or homophobic, respectively? And the discussion they had basically came to the conclusion that in a completely made-up, fanciful, theoretical world, those groups do not necessarily have to be racist or homophobic. But in the real world, in actuality, a group like that is going to be racist or homophobic just by the very fact of human nature. A a group like that simply would not exist for reasons other than to be racist and homophobic because there's no reason to have pride in being the majority. There's no reason to have pride in, in, in being the privileged group. And the reason there are pride groups for the minorities is to take comfort in their shared oppression. And so likewise with counter-feminism, in a completely fanciful theoretical world, I think it would be possible for there to be a counter-feminism movement and it not be made up completely of misogynists, but only in a theoretical way. I think in the real world, in actuality, any group like that is you are going to find yourself either to be a misogynist or to be completely surrounded by by misogynists and if you don't agree with them then you really might want to rethink your affiliations with a movement like that i think it is wonderfully apropos that it was a libertarian caller who called in to bring up the idea of counterfeminism because i think that actually libertarianism is another one of those things that falls into the category of of uh, ideas that only works in a completely made up fantasy world in is only valid in theory and falls apart immediately when uh, put up against real world circumstances and human nature so I guess I'll have to remember to thank David Pakman for already having this debate, so I don't have to. That's going to be it for today. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thanks to all those who support the show by becoming a member or making one-time donations. That is absolutely how the program survives. Stay tuned into the show between episodes by joining up with us on Facebook and Twitter. And for details on the show itself, including links to all the sources and music used in this and every episode, all that information is always posted in the show notes on the blog. So coming to you from inside the Beltway yet outside the conventional wisdom of Washington, D.C., my name is Jay, and this has been the Best of the Left podcast coming to you every third day, thanks entirely to the members and donors to the show from bestoftheleft.com. <laughs>
11: Out in any open door This is not my life It's just a phone.